Blog Talk Radio. Sports with the Statman is on the air. Welcome to Sports with the Statman on blogtalkradio.com. I'm your host, George Sotopoulos, the Statman on a Saturday morning, the 18th of March, 2017. It is 9 a.m. in the East. We are live on Blog Talk Radio. Coming to you from our authentic invitation in home studios in northern New Jersey. We're going to be with you for the next 45 minutes, so sit back and enjoy as I take you through the world of sports. A good Saturday morning out there, everybody. We're on at a special time today uh, because the Islanders have a day uh, a day game, a home game at 1 o'clock Eastern in Brooklyn. Islanders taking on the Columbus Blue Jackets today. So we're going to be a little early with the show, uh, which is uh, just fine because we can get the, uh, get the content out to you quicker and give you a little more time, an extra hour to get your lineups in and get your roster decisions made and, and all that good stuff. So welcome to the show. A, uh, a cold Saturday, not as snowy as we initially expected. We got plenty of that snow earlier on in the week, especially if you live uh, off the coast. So uh, if you're still digging out, uh, of course, you know, we, we're digging out from about uh, 12 inches here. So um, we're, we're right there with you. Uh, unless you're from Binghamton and, and you get and you got uh, 31 inches. And in that case, uh, God bless you. Anyway, we, um, uh, we have a lot to get to today. Fantasy hockey going from uh, week number uh, 22 to week 23 uh, should be in the middle of your playoff run. And by the way, for, for anyone who's interested, uh, my team did not play well this year, uh, bitten by the uh, inconsistency bug more than the injury bug. Uh, but uh, I finished 8-13 and 13 for the season. Unfortunate, but hey, that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes you get, uh, uh, you, you get a tough hand. The players that you think are going to uh, blossom don't blossom. Guys like Aaron Ekblad, who spent most of the season on my bench, um, that uh, was one of the reasons and, and uh, didn't go very well. So um, an 8-13 and 13 season means the loser's bracket for me, and I'm doing okay in that uh, loser's bracket round uh, in that first round. But um, anyway, if, uh, if you are in the playoffs, we have some, uh, some roster recommendations for you and some uh, the, the latest injury news as well. Our 2017 Fantasy Baseball preview rolls on with a look at uh, – uh, outfielders a little deeper into the outfield position, uh, looking at the, uh, uh, the tiers of outfielders, and then also uh, looking at um, your uh, relief pitchers, at least starting the subject of relief pitchers, and we'll see how far we can get uh, today. So uh, all that good stuff to, uh, to mull over, to chew over. And uh, we're glad you're with us, and we don't want to we don't want to take much time. So let's uh, jump right into our uh, uh, fantasy hockey coverage with a look at the past seven days. Uh, that would be March 11th through the 17th. We're going to take a look at the weekly best. Brad Marchand has been a one-man wrecking crew for the Boston Bruins. Five goals and four assists in four games. Uh, just about in every week, he would be right near the top. 37 fantasy points for the week. Plus two, a uh, power play goal as well, four penalty minutes, and he has five goals on 13 shots. It's 38.5% uh, shooting percentage. Uh, he is really um, starting to get some whispers around MVP, uh, you know, around the uh, uh, around the Hart Trophy. We'll we'll see here, but uh, but Marchand though for the season now 
is up to an amazing uh, 37 goals and 42 assists. He's already at 79 points in 71 games. He's a plus 20. And uh, the 79 points are a uh, by far uh, a career high. Last year was his previous career high. He had uh, 37 goals, but he only had 24 assists. He's become a more all-around player uh, this year. And he's not in the penalty box as much as he's been in the past. Uh, in terms of a full season, this is the fewest amount of penalty minutes he's had so far. Um, of course, he has 11 games to go, um, and he had 64 penalty minutes in 2013-14. That's kind of the, the barometer right there. He had 51 in his second year. Uh, he has 62 now. So um, he, his, you know, he, his penalties not aren't at a career low, but they're uh, fairly close to it. Uh, and he's having he had a great week. He's having a great season. Kyle Palmieri of the Devils, uh, a a back to back local for one and two here. But Palmieri was a plus four the other night against Philly. Five goals and an assist in three games. A plus three for the week. Two power play markers. Three at even strength. He had twenty seven fantasy points. Ryan Getzlaff tied for second. We give him the third star in three games. Two, three, and five. A plus five. Four penalty minutes. A power play goal and a shorthanded goal. None at even strength. So he was all about the special teams. Uh, in the past week. Uh, in fourth place, Alex, well, actually, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just looking at, uh, uh, I'm looking at uh, uh, forwards here, um, and, and I gave you the wrong, uh, I, I gave you the wrong scoring. Uh, Marchand, 33 fantasy points. Palmieri, 27. I was looking at enforcer points before. Ryan Getzlaff at 23. He's in third place firmly by himself. David Posternock in fourth place at 22 and a half fantasy points. Four goals in four games. Added two assists as well, a plus one, two penalty minutes, two power play goals. He had 24 shots on goal for Pasternak, who was the most, four better than Connor Sheary, most among forwards um, in terms of shots on goal. And Joe Pavelski uh, bringing up the uh, the end of the top five, 22 fantasy points, uh, four goals, and a plus one in four games. Uh, out of those four goals, one was a power play, one was a shorthanded goal. Uh, so a, a lot of goal scoring. Uh, four or more for uh, four of the top five uh, forwards. And uh, in terms of local, a lot of local flavor with Marchand, Palmieri, and Pasternak. On to defense, Dougie Hamilton, the former Bruin, at number one for the Calgary Flames, goal four assists and a plus three, uh, 27 fantasy points for the week. Rookie Jacob Chikrin of the Arizona uh, Coyotes, two goals, three assists and a plus three. Uh, he had a power play goal as well. 26 and a half fantasy points and um, his 12 shots on goal tied for fourth among all defensemen with Zach Wierenski, who is in fourth place in our, in our countdown. Zidane Ochara, uh, the top local Boston uh, Bruin, one goal to assist a plus eight for the week. That's how good Boston has been doing with seven penalty minutes. So he, uh, he does get some enforcer uh, love as well with the uh, three points and the seven penalty minutes, but he had 24 and a half points as a regular defenseman. Zach Warensky at 24 fantasy points, two goals, two assists, a plus four for the rookie who uh, got off to a great start. And he's continued from there. He's a plus 21 for the year, 11 goals and 33 assists for Zach Warensky in his uh, first national hockey league season. Uh, he has been uh, nothing short of fantastic. A 19 year old defenseman, uh, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And at number five, Darnell Nurse, who had one of the better of the week uh, this past week. But Darnell Nurse, those five penalty minutes, adding a goal and two assists and a plus seven for Edmonton uh, as uh, as Nurse has been uh, has been very good. Um, 
for uh, for the young Edmonton team that is that is coming of age, and uh, for the year, he's only at four goals and four assists, but uh, he's one of those guys that's uh, a little more um, valuable in real life than in fantasy, at least so far in his career. Uh, but he's uh, playing a playing a regular uh, shift for a very successful Edmonton team. He's only 22 years old, uh, but uh, only a plus two, as I would expect to see a little bit more uh, in there. But uh, he's having a good week. Eight points. I mean, it tells you something. Eight points, and out of those eight, he's had uh, three in the past week. Uh, don't forget, also, just off this uh, top five, Jacob Slavin of Carolina with a hat trick uh, this past week against the New York Islanders. Uh, goaltenders, Brian Elliott by far the best goaltender of the week. Three wins in three games, a shutout, uh, four goals against in his other two games, a 1.30 goals against, saved 87 of 91 for 9.56 save percentage. He had 30 points even. The next best was 19.8. So uh, two-thirds of what Elliott did, and Frederick Anderson had a shutout as well, a 2 and one week, a 2.11 goals against, 9.37 save percentage. He was at 19.8. Quick at 19.2, also had a shutout, also two and one, just like Anderson, but a one three five goals against and a nine forty three save percentage. Didn't didn't uh, face as many shots as Anderson, which is why Quick is in third place. Matt Murray at eighteen point six points. Mike Smith of Arizona at eighteen point four. Corey Crawford of Chicago tied with Smith for fifth at eighteen point four. Crawford gets the fifth uh, position because he only played two games. Mike Smith played in three, uh, but uh, all of the. Uh, the only guy in the top five not to have a shutout is Corey Crawford and Mike Smith did get a shutout. Um, and that of course helps in our scoring system. So a, a good week for those with shutouts, other guys uh, with shutouts this week, Steve Mason uh, of the, uh, of the flyers uh, as well, not mentioned on the list, but uh, Elliot Anderson, quick Murray and Crawford with Smith as an honorable mention onto enforcers. Uh, and of course the, uh, uh, the bare minimum is at least two points and at least five penalty minutes. You want guys who fill up the score sheet and the penalty box. And Alex Petrovich of the Florida Panthers had two assists and 31 minutes in penalties. He gets our Enforcer of the Week award. Um, Zidane Chara, Patrick Maroon of Edmonton, and uh, Darnell Nurse, and Tom Wilson of the Washington Capitals. Actually, uh, Wilson just had the penalty minutes. He didn't have the points, so he really doesn't uh, qualify for this one. Uh, but a few guys. Uh, who had multiple points and uh, five or more penalty minutes. So there you go. Those are our enforcers of the week. Let's get to our injury report 10 minutes after the hour. And we're going to take a look at, uh, at at some new injuries, if there are any new injuries or updates on injuries to report. And the first is an update. Steven Stamkos, no timetable for his return, but he did just actually more than skate. He practiced fully. And um, that's huge. There is no timetable. Uh, they are they are taking it uh, uh, taking it a little easy in terms of bringing him back, but Tampa is right there on the cusp of a playoff spot. They're fighting with the Islanders and with the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, to get that eighth and final spot. It looks it looks pretty solid for the top seven, uh, but the the eighth uh, the eighth spot is really up for grabs. And Stamkos, a healthy Stamkos, could possibly push Tampa over the top, but he practiced fully for the first time um, on Friday. So this is uh, yesterday and and a uh, a very recent development uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Also, Dan Girardi, ankle injury for him. He does return to practice on Thursday. He did return to practice on Thursday, 
He has not returned to the lineup from a fantasy perspective. Not a uh, not a not not a guy that uh, that you really look at unless you're in a deep league. Jacob Markstrom of uh, Vancouver uh, is sidelined for yet another week, and if you really need goaltending help, and and this was your uh, um, you, you know if, if you if you pick goaltending late in your draft, you were looking for a guy that might have some upside. Uh, Markstrom hasn't had a very good season. He's ten and eleven. Uh, but uh, now injured and uh, a week away, apparently, from coming back into uh, to action. Uh, Chris Letang, with his upper body injury, uh, he is also making progress on his way back, but he has missed uh, several games now, uh, more, uh, more than 10 at this point. I think he's missed 11 games. Um, but uh, uh, he is uh, uh, he has missed uh, over a month, or actually, almost a month of action. February 21st was his last game action. And uh, uh, he is, there really is no timetable for his return. Uh, so those are, those are the basic uh, injuries of, of uh, um, really not much new. In terms of players who are out and day-to-day, Aaron Ekblad suffered a concussion uh, in, uh, uh, in the game against Tampa uh, this past week on, on March the 11th. It looks like he is a week away from uh, from returning, uh, so he is uh, not quite coming back. Henrik Lundqvist, we talked about him last week with his hip injury. Uh, however, it is looking like a uh, a timetable has been set. Uh, so they have a California road trip at the end of the month, uh, and they are hoping to get him back um, during that trip. They have a, a three games in four days in L.A., Anaheim, and San Jose. Uh, they are targeting a return sometime around then for Henrik Lundqvist, which really, you know, when it happened, it really didn't didn't seem like that will uh, hurt the Rangers at all. Antti Ranta has been playing, playing well uh, when he's gotten the chance to get in there. And Lundqvist, by being out for a couple of weeks, will stay fresh for a potential playoff run. And uh, uh, that uh, looks like that will um, be the case. He will be brought back before the end of the season to kind of get some work in and then uh, see, see where they are. Uh, Johnny Boychuk for the Islanders continues to be out with a lower body injury. He is day-to-day. He has not played in several games now. Most recent game was March 3rd, so he's been out uh, over two weeks. And basically day-to-day, he, uh, you know, he skates and uh, they rule him out, or they have ruled him out uh, lately, coming back, trying to come back from a lower body injury. Kyle Oposo, former Islander, uh, with a rib injury, uh, he is also day-to-day has not played since March 2nd, so a similar type of situation. And Roberto Luongo, another former Islander, lower body injury, one week away from returning. That, is the, that, was, the, uh, uh, that was the idea a week ago. Uh, so looks like his, um, his issues continue for Florida, trying to get back in gold, the 37-year-old netminder for Florida, whose playoff, uh, playoff hopes are fading fat. Um, okay, and uh, oh, let, let's, let's also give you um, Artem Anisimov, who is uh, going to be out three to four weeks. That is, uh, that is a new injury. 22 goals for him on the season, a former Ranger. Uh, but he has a lower body injury and looks to be out until the playoffs. So his regular season may be over. Not quite sure, but three to four weeks would take him out to mid-April. Uh, let's, uh, let, let's see if there are any others hiding, uh, uh, hiding out here. Mark Stone for Ottawa. He will miss uh, the next couple of games. So looking to possibly come back uh, sometime next week. Uh, but uh, Mark Stone has a lower body injury 
there. He has 22 goals and 28 assists, so that uh, that could definitely hurt um, if you uh, if you have him in your lineup. All right, so that is a look at the injuries going into week number 23. How about uh, hot pickups? If you're still allowed to make uh, your roster decisions and and drop players and pick players up, uh, the flavor of the week uh, is really. Uh, Jake Gunsel of the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, his ownership is going up 12%. He's playing well, and he's uh, played in 33 games, and he has 11 goals and 11 assists. Uh, and when you're on a line with uh, Sidney Crosby, that definitely uh, helps. Uh, and, and, you know, we, uh, uh, in our fantasy focus this week, uh, we are going to take a look at uh, uh, tandems around the league and, and look at the top players and uh, who's on the line with them. And um, on the line with Sidney Crosby is Connor Sheary and Jake Gunsel. We know that Connor Sheary is very valuable from a fantasy perspective, uh, is, uh, is on that line and is definitely uh, valuable. So he did have, um, um, you, you know, he has been a plus five in his last four games, two goals and three assists in that span. Uh, so he has been playing extremely well. Um, and, and it's still available in medium-sized leagues for now. Also medium leagues, uh, Antti Ranta of the Rangers, he is going to be valuable for the next couple of weeks, uh, or at least the next week, we'll put it that way. Uh, so if you need some short-term goaltending help, uh, Ranta is your man. He's 14-7 and seven for the season, 921 save percentage, a goals against of 2.31. He has been very good, uh, but last night lost in a shootout to Florida. And the game before that, lost against Tampa, allowing three uh, goals and only 16 shots. So uh, he hasn't been great, uh, but in terms of his uh, overall numbers, he, he has looked pretty good. And, and coming up in the next week, he has Minnesota on the road, the Devils on the road, and then uh, home against the Islanders on, um, and that would be Wednesday night, um, before that California trip begins. Uh, so I might get a week, uh, week out of him. Also, Jacob Slavin on, uh, in medium-sized leagues uh, has five goals on the season, and three against the Islanders on Monday night. He had three goals and an assist. He was a plus three. Even the uh, lone Islander goal in that – or actually, I'm sorry, the first Islander goal in that game went off his stick. So he had a hand technically in five of the uh, 12 goals in that game in the 8-4 to four Carolina win. Uh, but uh, Slavin, uh, maybe it was lightning in a bottle, but uh, people want to see more of it. Obviously, he has five goals and 23 assists, but he's a plus 17 for a, uh, a team that's at the bottom of the standings. So – that tells you a little bit about uh, about this kid's potential, Jacob Slavin of the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, speaking of potential, Josh Hosang of the Islanders in deep leagues, uh, not for long, as he has uh, gotten a shot now with the big team, and you get a, you get a feeling that he's not going to be sent back down. In nine games, three goals, three assists. He is a minus four, but the team has had, uh, you know, it was kind of uh, uh, the, the last couple of home games have been, have been deplorable. Uh, but he's playing – uh, he's playing with a lot of speed. He's playing uh, with, uh, uh, with really with, with some confidence. And uh, uh, 10 shots on goal and three goals, uh, that is not sustainable. But uh, Hosang is uh, definitely getting a look in deep leagues uh, at the forward position. In, uh, let, let's, give you, let's give you a couple of uh, uh, other options among forwards. Connor Sheary in shallow leagues. Sam Gagne in medium-sized leagues. Gagne is a guy who's been around for years. Uh, you see that name if, you're, if you've played fantasy hockey for years, and, and you probably ignore him. 
but he's had a really good year for a really good team. 18 goals and 26 assists for 44 points for Columbus and a plus nine. Uh, Sam Gagne has been around the league since uh, 2007, and uh, his high in goals is 18, and he's just matched that. In terms of points, uh, his, his best was his rookie year. Uh, 49 points in 79 games, and he's on pace for 51. So he is, uh, you could say he's coming close to a career year. He's owned in uh, in 45% of CBSSports.com leagues, bumping up to 49 now. And uh, uh, he is not going to be available for long in medium-sized leagues. So if he's if he's there, you may want to pick him up. Uh, also, uh, you have in uh, in deep leagues, we mentioned Hosang. How about Oliver Bjorkstrand of uh, Columbus? Uh, from 18 to 22% this week. He has five goals and five assists, but he has three goals in his last six games with uh, with two assists as well. So five points in his last six uh, for the 21-year-old right winger. Uh, on to uh, defense. We told you about Slavin in medium-sized leagues, uh, TJ Brody in shallow leagues. Uh, but in deep leagues, Jacob Chikrin, uh, we mentioned he was the second-best defenseman in uh, fantasy hockey for the past week. He's only 18 years old, and he has seven goals and 12 assists for the season in 57 games. And looking at what he's done recently, he has two goals and three assists in his last four games, uh, and definitely a keeper league stash-away type uh, prospect, Jacob Chikrin of Arizona, available in deep leagues. And for goaltenders, uh, let's uh, let's give you a quick look. Ranta in, in medium-sized leagues. Um, Brian Elliott in shallow leagues. He had a great week last week. Um, and in deep leagues, how about Aaron Dell, who's put up pretty good numbers as a backup to Martin Jones, 10 and four, a 1.90 goals against and a 936 save percentage. Great numbers. Uh, and playing against uh, uh, the backups, you would think, uh, or, you know, playing, you know, maybe the back end of back to backs, uh, getting a little lighter assignments too. So that's, uh, that's not too bad. So that is a look at uh, hot pickups for uh, for the week and uh uh we have about 22 minutes after the uh the hour and uh, obviously for your uh for your fantasy hockey looking uh looking ahead uh for your uh for your week 23 uh schedule let's take a look at the uh, uh let, let's take a look at at some schedules uh, coming up uh coming up monday through uh through sunday uh, let's let's see if if we could uh, if we could find some some good stuff uh, for the week ending. Okay, so this is starting uh, Monday the the nineteenth uh, coming up. Uh, you have four games for uh, for Arizona, but they are all on the road and they're not a good team. So that's going to be a tough one. Boston has two on the road, two at home. Um, they have Toronto and the Islanders uh, uh, bookended at the ends Monday in Toronto, Saturday. Uh, in Brooklyn, and then in between two home games against Ottawa and Tampa. Ottawa's in the playoff uh, in playoff position. Tampa's trying to get there. Uh, and also, let's say four games for Dallas, uh, two home games against San Jose in one week. They're on the road in Chicago, and they finish the week in, on Sunday against the Devils. Uh, so that is, um, uh, that is not as bad. Um, and four games for Detroit, four games for Edmonton, four games for Minnesota, the Devils, uh, and the Rangers, as well as Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, San Jose, Toronto, Vancouver, and Winnipeg. Um, In terms of which ones have the easiest schedule out of that group, 
Edmonton has uh, a home game against the Kings. They're in Anaheim, but then they have a home and home against the Avs, and uh, that be uh, very profitable for uh, for Edmonton, especially in uh, daily fantasy uh, leagues on Thursday in Colorado at Saturday on Saturday at home against the Avs. Uh, that might be a very good matchup there. Uh, also, um, Winnipeg has a home game against Vancouver at the end of the week. They also face LA and uh, and the Ducks on the road. Not so easy in Philadelphia at home on Tuesday, which Philadelphia team is going to show up in Winnipeg. Uh, but it, Winnipeg might have uh, a, a good home schedule for the next week. In terms of teams with, uh, with three games, and this is a, a Monday to Sunday schedule, not a regular Sunday to Saturday, but this is the information I have. No team has only two games. Uh, so that is, that is something uh, that's, that's interesting to note. Uh, in terms of uh, easy schedules, Chicago home against Vancouver and Dallas before they go on the road to Florida. Those are three non-playoff teams for Chicago, so they might have a dominating week as they are one of the best teams in, in hockey. Uh, Minnesota, home against San Jose, Philadelphia, and Vancouver, then on the road against Detroit. San Jose is the toughest one out of the group, and they have them at home, but Minnesota's been struggling lately, so something to think about there. Um, let's see, is there any others? St. Louis has three games in Colorado, and then home against Vancouver and Calgary. Calgary has been hot, but their uh, win streak was snapped by the Boston Bruins, um, and, and uh, we'll see, we'll see what, uh, what happens when Calgary uh, travels to St. Louis for that tilt. So that is a look at the schedules for uh, week 23. Okay, before we get into our fantasy baseball coverage, I do want to remind everybody that we're on Sports with the Statman, usually Saturday mornings, usually 10 a.m. Eastern time, not the case today, but usually at 10 a.m. Eastern time. You can listen to us live on our Blog Talk Radio page, blogtalkradio.com slash the-statman, that's T-H-E, Dash Statman. That's the best place to listen, for uh, or that's the only place to listen live. You can also check out our most recent episodes. This is episode number seven twenty-five, so we hit a bit of a milestone this week. We uh, we were doing, you know, we have done as many as three a week. We are down to one a week, and that is for fantasy sports. Our pro sports are covered by our countdown blog, which we're looking to get restarted on our website, StatmanSportsOnline.com. That'll give you some pro opinion and kind of rank the stories of the Northeast from uh, number 10 down to uh, number one. Uh, also, uh, we list all of our, uh, our, our entire podcast, 30-minute live feed and the, 40, and the 15-minute podcast-only version. And you can get there not only from the show page, but also uh, you can get there through iTunes and through Stitcher, the smart radio app. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and write a review, say hello, and, and say how much you like the show. And also uh, on Stitcher, the smart radio app, you can download the free app from the Apple App Store from Google Play. You can look, uh, you can look online at stitcher.com to find out more about it. Add us to your playlist. Give us a thumbs up and uh, come back early and often for new episodes. And, and as I said, we're on weekly. Uh, we also post uh, links to our audio on Facebook and on Twitter. Go to Facebook, facebook.com slash sports with the Statman. You can uh, say hello right on the wall. If you have a uh, fantasy question or pro opinion, you can write it there. Or you can tweet me at gstatman. That's at g as in George. S-T-A-T-M-A-N, and the website is statmansportsonline.com. Our next episode will be uh, next Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern time. And uh, we have uh, fantasy baseball to get to today. We're going to try and dig a little deeper into the outfielders. And also, uh, we're going to take a look into uh, relief pitchers uh, as well. 
and, and our first our first pitching, uh, our first look at pitching. Now we've already talked about catchers and first baseman, third baseman, second baseman, and shortstop. And we started talking about outfielders last week. So uh, we will post all of our rankings on StatmanSportsOnline.com in the next week or so to help get you ready in the final push for your fantasy baseball draft. And uh, we're going to take a look at, as I mentioned, outfield and uh, a little bit of relief pitching today. Next week, we're going to, we're going to hit starters, starting pitchers. Uh, that is going to be the main topic of our fantasy baseball preview. And the week after that, we are going to uh, do our overall finale where we're going to take a look at, uh, uh, at all of our rankings, players with upside, players that are overvalued, potential bust candidates, um, injury risks, and uh, anything from, uh, from spring training that might, might have tweaked our rankings. So we'll have that for you in two weeks in our grand finale on April the 1st. April Fool's Day will be on with you uh, Saturday morning. So all that good stuff to come. The one thing for fantasy hockey that we still have to uh, talk about is – our fantasy focus for the week. So we, we, uh, we look at tandems and, and the ice time is provided by dobberhockey.com, a great resource for, uh, for fantasy hockey. That's dobberhockey.com looking at uh, line combinations and recent line combinations. So you can make some decisions. If you, uh, if you have a, uh, if there's a, uh, a player that uh, might not be as known or as owned in fantasy circles playing with a top player. And a perfect example is Jake Gunsel, who's on a line with, uh, with Sidney Crosby. Um, Gunsel is worth owning for that reason. And he's been consistently on that line recently. Uh, let's, let's take a look at uh, Patrick Kane and, uh, and, and who he, he's on a line with uh, Artemi Panarin, who you know, uh, but Anisimov is uh, is banged up, and the question is, who is he playing with at that point? Uh, and at this point, it looks like uh, um, I think Nick Schmaltz is getting a little bit of time. Uh, Richard Panic is getting a little bit of time as well. Uh, but uh, if Anisimov is out two to three weeks, you're going to see another name next to Patrick Kane and Artemi Panarin on that line, and, and uh, I'd be on the lookout. Uh, to see who is who is playing on that line as well. By the way, the live feed has cut out. We're onto the podcast-only version for the final 15 minutes of the show. Thanks again for uh, for joining us and, and for listening live, if you have listened live. I mentioned Schmaltz and Panic for Chicago, and they are on Jonathan Taves' line as well. So uh, both of those guys, and Panic can be a little streaky. Schmaltz is, uh, is a young player, uh, but uh, both of them are uh, interesting, especially in Anisimov's uh, absence, to see who will uh, who will come up there. All right, let's uh, let's take a look at uh, uh, Brad Marchand of the uh, of the Boston Bruins, who's been playing out of his mind. He is on a line with Patrice Bergeron, as you would expect. They've been line mates for a long, long time. But David Backus is the third man on that line. Uh, also, David Pasternak has played extremely well. Uh, David Krejci is on a line with him, but Drew Stafford. Uh, the the uh, recently acquired Drew Stafford has had a tough time of it. He's already scored a couple of big goals for the Bruins, and uh, he is a t- he's getting top six minutes at this point. So Drew Stafford is an interesting uh, uh, guy to keep your eye on uh, as well. Uh, let's let's see down the line here with uh, with some players. Columbus, um, you have uh, the top line of Brendan Saad with Nick Foligno and Alexander Wenberg. Wenberg has been uh, uh, has been kind of the, the unsung guy this year in terms of uh, really an under-the-radar uh, fantasy guy. 
Um, we talked about Sam Gagne in the year that he's had. Scott Hartnell's on the line with him, as well as uh, Oliver Bjorkstrand recently. And uh, we talked about Bjorkstrand as being a deep league ad. That could be very interesting. Really, that's more of a third line because Cam Atkinson, Brandon Dubinsky, and Boone Jenner are kind of on that second line at this point uh, for Columbus. Um, looking at um, the Calgary second or really first line, John Gaudreau uh, with Sean Monahan. Michael Furland is on that line. Uh, that's interesting because uh, Furland's kind of a grinder um, and uh, uh, not sure how well he's doing from a fantasy perspective, but uh, something to keep your eye on as well. Um, who's currently on the line with, uh, uh, with Jamie Benn? Uh, it is Cody Eakin and Patrick Sharp recently. Those are the names that, uh, that come up. Um, Edmonton, the, uh, uh, the McJesus line, is, as people have coined it, Connor McDavid with Leon Dreisaitl and Patrick Maroon. Uh, Maroon, especially in leagues that add penalty minutes, uh, probably similar to Furland in terms of a guy that's a little more valuable now, um, if in those types of leagues, for sure, uh, one way or the other. Um, okay, and um, Florida has paired up uh, Nick Bugstad and Jonathan Marcheseau with Thomas Vanek. Uh, Marcheseau had his uh, 23rd goal of the year the other day. Vanek uh, has been okay since coming over from Detroit. So that could be uh, uh, some interesting chemistry uh, there. Uh, let's let's see. Uh, any anyone else? Minnesota. Eric Stahl has been good uh, recently. He is on a line with Nino Niederreiter and Charlie Coyle, a couple of young forwards. That uh, that is interesting. Michael Grandland is uh, is the star of the second line with uh, actually probably the third line with Miko Koivu and Jason Zucker. Uh, Eric Howla is on the line with Zach Parisi and Jason Pominville at least recently. That's 11% of game time uh, there according to Dauber Hockey. Um, and let's uh, let's see. Is there is there any any other big ones that we want to uh, that we want to talk about? Uh, not really at this point. Uh, Josh Hosang is uh, uh, playing on uh, on a line. You know he's, he's been mixed and matched with Andrew Ladd, Jason Chimera, um, also with Brock Nelson, Anthony Beauvillier. Uh, th- those have those have been the the most uh, uh, the, the most regular lines uh, for him. Um, anything for. Uh, Philadelphia Filpula has been playing. Uh, Valtteri Filpula has been playing with Jake Voracek and Travis uh, Giroux has played with uh, Wayne Simmons, but also Jordan Wheel has gotten a lot of time on Giroux's line uh, recently. That's that's very interesting. Um, that's that's not something you uh, you really expect to see. And uh, that's basically it. That's that's as much as uh, uh, we have time for at this point. We uh, uh, we have our fantasy focus with uh, with tandems next week. We're going to take a look at deep pairs around the league. And, uh, uh, and then after that, it'll be the all Statman team in two weeks for the month of March. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get going with our fantasy baseball coverage. And, and uh, we're taking a look at outfielders. And obviously we gave you the top 10 uh, with Mike Trout, Bryce Harper. I think Bryce Harper deserves to be there at the top, uh, you know, among the top two trout is uh, the best player. And he's put up the numbers to prove it. Harper had a tough year last year, but from a talent perspective, I think he'll be right back up there at number two. Mookie Betts at number three. Trey Turner, who also qualifies potentially at second base or shortstop. I put him in the outfield at number four. Charlie Blackman at number five. He's got power and speed, and he plays a course. Those are all good checks in the in the box. Starling Marte at number six. Ioannis Cespedes at number seven. He has come to camp committed to um, 
to honor not only honor his contract but give the Mets value for that contract if that's possible. Uh, number eight, AJ Pollock, who suffered a tough spring training injury right on the eve of the season, um, and uh, we'll see we'll see what uh, what he can do. At number nine, Ryan Braun of Milwaukee. And number ten, Carlos Gonzalez of Colorado. And and the the question for him every year is, uh, will he be moved? That's that's uh, usually um, that's that's a question that a lot of people uh, usually ask. Um, so looking at uh, the next ten uh, and the next the next group, um, you know that you're looking at if you're looking at tiers. By the way, you're looking at Trout and Harper kind of in a class by themselves, but. I would put, uh, you know, Betts is knocking on that door. Uh, is Turner, you know, that that good where he's going to challenge for that top tier? No, I don't, I don't think so. But he's a strong second tier with, uh, with Blackman, another young player, Marte, another young player. Cespedes is a guy that, you know, he doesn't have all the tools like Trout and Harper. So I don't think, I think his ceiling is that uh, is that second tier as well. Uh, and then in the third tier with Pollock and Braun and Gonzalez at number eleven. I have Giancarlo Stanton. He would be higher on this list if he stayed healthy. Uh, but for one reason or another, and they may be freak accidents, but um, he, has, uh, uh, he has been uh, injured in, in, you know, at, the, at the wrong time in a couple of years straight. But I have him at number 11 on my list. Christian Yelich at number 12. I could see him bump up into the top 10 with another solid year. Uh, you know, he's not going to hit for 40 home runs, but he has power. And he has speed. His power really came of age last year. At number 13, Andrew McCutcheon. I'd worry about downside with, with Andrew McCutcheon. Uh, the, the Pirates were looking to potentially move him um, uh, over the offseason. They're moving him off of center field most likely. And, um, uh, you know, he's more of an elder statesman at this point of his career. Probably would do better uh, moving. You know, if, if the Pirates were able to move him, he might have gotten a, a little more of a bump. But, uh, we'll see. We'll see what he's made of this year. But I, I see. I sense a little downside for for McCutcheon uh, at number thirteen. Kyle Schwarber at number fourteen. Obviously, a guy that uh, could put it together and give you um, uh, and 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 jump into that top ten. Uh, more likely going to be a left fielder. He's also ranked with the catchers in some in some uh, circles. Uh, but I'm going to make the leap and say that uh, Wilson Contreras is going to be the catcher most days. And uh, uh, Schwarber, uh, a player who I think they, they value his hitting more than they value Contreras' hitting. Uh, and also Schwarber has been injured before. Uh, the demands of catching, I think they'd rather have him in left field. The problem is when he got injured last year, he was injured as a left fielder. They probably shouldn't have messed with a good thing. But uh, his bat, you know, they're saying he's a, he's a future DH when he came into the league. So, um I put him at number 14. I don't, I'm not ranking him as high as a lot of others are. I have Jose Bautista at number 15, Carlos Beltran at number 16 playing in Houston. Uh, it's a, it's not an easy right field to hit the ball out of. Um, and he uh, obviously is a switch hitter, but, um, uh, but most of the time a switch hitter is going to hit from the left side at number 17, Nelson Cruz of the Seattle Mariners at 18. We uh, let's see where, where, where's my number 18. Do I have, I uh, thought I had a number 18. Apparently, I do not have a number 18, uh, but uh, let's let, let's give it to uh, J.D. Martinez of Detroit. Uh, I think he is uh, uh, I, I think he is a you know, he, he strikes out a ton He's 100, uh, 100 plus strikeouts. But um, 
but he does hit for power, and he uh, uh, he burst onto the scene last year. Um, at number uh, 19, well, let's uh, – uh, you, you know what? I I keep waiting for George Springer to really have that uh, that move forward, and uh, I don't know if he should place in the top 20 right now because he hasn't – he hasn't really gotten that uh, that extra uh, jump uh, quite yet. You look at his numbers last year, uh, 261, 29 homers, 82 RBIs, nine steals in 19 attempts. You know, I, I expect more out of him. I expect and maybe not a high average. I think he's always going to strike out. But a slugging percentage over 500, 35-plus home runs. This could be the year where that actually happens. Um I, I could I could definitely see that as as he continues to uh, to mature, um, but you know he is he is a solid ball player. He, he has all the tools and uh, uh, definitely a guy that I would uh, uh, that I would put uh, you know that, that that I would target on draft day. I'll put it that way. Uh, and at number twenty, um, man, I, I tell you, I'm going to give it to Adam Jones. I, I really like Adam Jones um, as a player. I've liked him for years. Um, he had. Uh, you know, he didn't have a tremendous season last year, uh, 265, 29 homers, 83 RBIs. Um, but he's a, he's, he's a guy who I think uh, has, uh, has quite a bit left in the tank. Guys, I'm leaving off the top 20 and, and are probably at that next level. Adam Eaton, uh, the new Washington, uh, Washington Nationals center fielder, uh, I have him at 21. Uh, Lorenzo Cain, I have him at number 22. Uh, at number 23, I like. Uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm uh, losing my place here. Um, I like Matt Kemp at number 23 in a new ballpark in Atlanta that should be a little more hitter friendly. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if that actually uh, if that actually works out. Um, now, uh, others I have. Uh, uh, excuse me, I have uh, Denard Span for the Giants. He's a guy who has some speed. Stephen Piscotti, uh, Piscotti, I'm sorry, of the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Um, Dexter Fowler, a new Cardinal, as well. Uh, you can add Jacoby Ellsbury of the uh, uh, of the Yankees to that next uh, that next tier. I have him at number 24. Shinsu Chu, uh, Justin Upton, uh, Marcelo Zuna. I like him. I, I like him as well. And those are those are some of the uh, and Hunter Pence as well. Those are some of the guys at that uh, at that top of the list. Um, but uh, but anyway, that is that is a look at outfielders. We need to move on here to uh, to relief pitchers. But I'll have the the full rankings uh, on our um, website in the next in the next week or so. At least that is the goal. On to relief pitching, we're going to take a look at it in tiers. We only have uh, a couple of minutes left, so let's make the most of it. Uh, at the top of the list for me is are, are guys who can strike guys out uh, who have a pedigree who usually steer clear from injury and who pitch on winning teams. Those are the guys who you want as your closers. Uh, a, a junk baller is not going to stay a closer for very long because even if he's effective for a while, conventional wisdom usually means that people are just waiting for them to screw up and then they're going to replace him. Those are guys who are going to keep their jobs. Are guys who who uh, who strike guys out. And at the top of the list is Kenley Jansen, Aroldis Chapman, and um, I would also put on that list um, Zach Britton at number three. And I would put Wade Davis on this list mainly because 
He has been good for a long time. Yeah, his, he lost a mile an hour on his fastball. Okay. But he's with the Cubs now. And uh, I, I, he definitely did not take a step back in terms of, uh, um, uh, you know, finding a good team to close games for. Chapman's back with the Yankees. Davis moves over to the Cubs. You still have Jansen on the Dodgers and uh, Britain in Baltimore. But those are my top four in the order of Jansen, Chapman, uh, Britain, and Davis. Right there in that next tier, I would put Mark Melanson at number five. And uh, I, I would actually um, rely on Craig Kimbrell. I, you know, he's going to be on a Boston Red Sox team that has amazing pitching. Their bullpen should be, should be rested on most days. Uh, and get the ball to him with, uh, with a chance to, uh, to nail it down. So I have him at number six. Number seven, I have Sun Quan Oh of the Cardinals. Um, he had a, uh, a very good uh, rookie year last year, and uh, I would. 